Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody. Um, as you may be able to tell, this is yet another team by team preview courtesy of DJ. Um, in this episode, we will be covering the Ottawa Senators, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the San Jose Sharks. So um, if you missed yesterday's podcast, there were three of them. So, uh, you know, make sure you go back and see the two team by team preview pods, as well as the final live stream uh, for the Best Pod Classic, our final live draft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah. I mean, we're closing in on opening night. So uh, with all of that said, let's get into the team-by-team previews, and we'll talk to you very soon with some season preview and opening night content. Welcome back to PuckLuck.com, betting and fantasy team previews for the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa coming into the season, massive expectations, a brand new owner, new contracts for almost everyone at this point, uh, potentially a new arena in the works, and a team clearly on the rise. They have their core in Ottawa, maybe moving downtown. (laughs) And I am excited to watch this team. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. It does feel like Ottawa and Buffalo are in a very similar spot. And I'm excited to see the Senators team come to town because they're going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be an incredibly good offensive team. They have question marks in net, as I mentioned, for what seemingly is the majority of teams. But we'll get right into who this Ottawa team is and what they could become. We have them firmly at 94 points ceiling and the and the floor seem to be you know to the moon into the in, you know, real bad at 83 um it, again it, it's hard to know because there's a lot I feel, I feel like there's a lot more that could go incredibly right or incredibly wrong for ottawa in the sense that there's players going back from long-term injury and josh norris who has not suited up yet they still haven't signed shane pinto as i kind of alluded to but you know a, a player that was in the top six last year and i guess Likely, well, A, we're not going to include in our top, you know, in our lineup right now, but is useful. Uh, nevertheless, they've made plenty of moves in the offseason. Um, some, you know, no to bring it. We're going to get to the lineups uh, in, in just a few minutes, but kind of feels like a team that's 
taking quite a big overhaul. They really weren't that banged up with injuries last year to their top guys. Batherson played a full season. Debrinket, uh, who's gone, played a full season. Giroux, Brady, uh, Stutz only missed a couple of games. Really what it came down to last year is the goaltending was absolutely atrocious. Talbot under 900 save percentage. Forsberg just at the 902 mark. And no one else could step in. And that really just completely killed them. Defensively, they were kind of a nightmare. They go out and get Jacob Chikorin. They're likely going to get a better version of Jake Sanderson coming into the season. But what does that mean for how we're going to be betting this team? None of this looks great. Um, they have them at 90 and a half, which is interesting. It's 90 and a half and then minus 130 for the playoffs, as in 91 is going to be good enough, which doesn't really feel that way to me. You know what? Kind of think you think like the 90 mark makes sense, but. I would rather, if you're going to be betting on the upside of this team, take the over 90 and a half rather than the playoffs. Like I just don't know if that's enough. With how bad some teams are in the East and how good others are, and man, you run through these teams and you just start thinking, huh, like, how was 91 getting in? So that'd be my suggestion. I don't know if I'm betting. I'm just frankly not betting either side. I just, you know, I don't need a thousand bets going into the season. I don't like lacking my my money up for that long regardless. So I really need an edge to do it. None of these are screaming value. Uh, division is very hard, pretty much price like consideration. The cup is closer, oddly enough. But I mean, that's honestly where I would bet. Like if this team is in the playoffs, you think 40 to one is kind of like, Okay, like we think they're in the playoffs and they're 40 to 1 to win the cup. Like playoffs are pretty freaking random. I mean, we almost had Seattle last year. Like we all we've we've had a you know a Montreal a few years ago. Like anything can happen. So if you're absolutely bullish, go for it. I don't think they're gonna make the cup. I you know, I think that I like I said, I think that 90 over 90 and a half is the best bet here. If we get into point projections, it is a lot of talent. Um just up and down the roster. Uh, Josh Norris, if he plays a full season, I think is definitely being quite undervalued here, but we just don't know. And he has not suited up yet. He's out of the yellow non-contact jersey, so we're optimistic he's going to be able to suit up for night one. But this Stutzel-Brady-Giroux line is likely to stick together, and that's kind of hard to overlook um, in any betting circle. So I think that line is one of the best in hockey for sure. Um, the issue has been finishing in general, like Brady has been unbelievable. Like every metric you look at for expected goals, he underperforms it. And he always kind of shows up as like a, do we bet this guy to score tonight? Because he should start scoring more per the, the math. Um, I think that that should come with playing with a better version of Tim Stutzel. Um, you could bet Brady Stutzel over on points. I would do that myself if I was going to be betting this. Um, you know what? I might actually put it in Stutzel and Stutzel over 90 and a half and Brady over 85 and a half. Like, I think that's a fun way of doing it. Um, and it kind of meets where we are projecting them around. Um, I think that's pretty fair. So I wouldn't mind putting those two together in any capacity. Like they're going to be tied at the hip barring an injury. So if you think that they stay healthy, yeah, I think I like that a lot. And looking at the lines, we have them together with Claude Giroux, who is going to increase the value of both of them, but probably not fit on the top power play. We'll see. Um, Josh Norris, Tarasenko, Batherson. Uh, so it's like that's six guys for one power play right there, let alone who's going to be on the point. 
I ended up rejecting Chikrin myself, but could be Shabbat. I don't think it's Jake Sanderson, to be to be honest. Um, I think it's Chikrin or Shabbat, depending on what they want, depending maybe who's on the ice at the time. Maybe they switch a little bit more than anyone who has the, them rostered in their fantasy will like. <clears throat> I would say Batherson, Stutzel, Brady, Chikrin. My prediction is Tarasenko, but I think they'll kind of be more fluid with the other you know, three pieces outside of Batherson, Stutzel, and, and uh, Brady. So we don't have Pinto in here right now because of the you know, not being signed. He just simply is not on the roster until that. So Ridley Greg will slot into that third line. Dominic Kubalik is definitely a good scorer. I was excited to watch him with Shane Pinto, but until that happens, I think it likely will happen before night one. Uh, that's where we're going to put him. They signed Josh Bailey to a PTO. I don't believe he's been cut yet, and he's in here. I don't know if he's actually going to make the team or not. And Matthew Joseph is still on this roster as of now, but likely is going to be a part of the trade that produces enough cap space to re-sign Pinto. So it could be a bit of a bottom six switch around. Defensively, though, this is what they're rolling with. They've basically cut uh, everyone else, including Lassie Thompson, Thomas, Tom, Thomas, whatever, um, and then that Corpusalo and Anton Forsberg. So favorite bet on the board would be Brady and Stutzel paired together in like an underdog slip for a season-long prop over. If you're very, very down on them for whatever reason, pair them under. I think that they're likely right around those point marks. If not, maybe just, a, you know, I think Stutzel could be a shade above that 90 and a half. And if that happens, I think Brady's right along with him. So I would like to take them over with something else that I mentioned before or something else I might get to. I don't think the lines are going to move. So thank you for watching. I'd say good luck to the Senators, but it'd be disingenuous. I hope the Savers can keep or just, just keep below us. If, you, if we both make the playoffs, that's fine. Um, so, but good luck to the Iowa Senators fans because you will be a fun team to watch. And if you're looking for a team in the East to, to follow around, I think they're a good one to watch and could be some overs in the future. So we'll be talking about them a lot this season. Thank you for watching. Great review, whatever. And we'll be back next Hello and welcome back to PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for the Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers coming off of, well, uh, not a good year. It's <laughs> first of many rebuilds. Uh, I kind of liked this team a little bit, maybe more going into the year than most of the books kind of had them. And I was like, yeah, this team could, you know, maybe get up to about 75 to 80 points. I was like pretty optimistic that then people were like, that's crazy high. Um, they weren't the worst team in the league. They certainly weren't the best. They got exactly 75 last year. And it's a team that's rebuilding. I think they're, you know, it's tearing it down is easier than building it back up again. But they're doing all the right things. I do have, you know, a, a never-ending affinity for Danny Briere. So I'm rooting for him and the Flyers. I don't think there's really a lot um, to go over um, off the cuff. So why don't we just get right into all the goods? And we have them going exactly at 75 again. And I think that's very fair. Um, this isn't going to be the longest video in the world because this is a very bad team. I'd rather talk more about players. 75 points, probably right on the money. I mean, I think they could be just as good as last year. I've seen some rumblings. I'm pretty sure it was Puchacross saying, like, I think this team could be even better than the, the sports books have them at. I think that's a good over bet. I, I, let's, you know, why, why piddle around this? Let's just get to it. They're 76 and a half. I'm not freaking betting it. Like, no, thank you. It doesn't really sound interesting to me. Plus 650 for the playoffs, get a life. I mean, this Metro is absolutely stacked. 
the East is not offering up much um, in the way of wildcard spots to teams that are not around the 95 point mark. And I don't know how this team could possibly get there. Even if Carter Hart returns to being very good, which he really wasn't last year at a 907 save percentage, albeit with a very poor team in front of him. I don't even know if that, like, like, I don't know what he'd have to do to get this team above, you know, the 95 point mark or whatever you need to be be for them to be in the playoffs. No, thank you. They're not winning the division. They're not winning the Stanley cup. None of these bets are really all that interesting. I think the over-under is only one and uh, yeah, not enough juice there for me to bet either side. So it's unfortunate, but when we talk about players, I think we have to talk about Travis Konechny. Now, first off, I looked on underdog. I looked on DraftKings. I found nothing for Travis Konechny, just nothing. This is a point, actually above a point of game player last year on a putrid Flyers team. Um, <laughs> putrid might be strong. I just said they weren't the worst team in the world. A very bad Flyers team. How about that? Um, and this guy had 61 points in 60 games. And if he's fully healthy, I imagine he is going to be one of those guys that we all look back on, shake our heads, fist in the air. Like, why didn't we draft him earlier? Um, I'm drafting him very, very often in best buck. He's one of my highest exposure players. If I did more season long, regular format stuff, which I frankly don't enjoy doing all that much. That isn't best ball. I would be drafting him above ADP. I, I'm a very big fan of him. He's, you know, I, the, the categories stuff is stupid, but he's a really high rate shooter. Um, we saw a lot of it last year. He doesn't really do a ton in the hits and blocks category, but this Flyers team, everyone does a little bit under Tortorella. So it's not like you're getting complete zeros there either. Um, I absolutely love Konechny. I'm much higher on Owen Tippett too. I think this guy could be a force in the right role. Just under 30 goals last year. I think he breaks over 30 this year. I really do. I'm not sure if you're going to find that anywhere, but I like this guy a lot. So other than that, it's bad. Now, we are kind of expecting Gatterier to be on this roster to start the year, which is really good news. Um, yeah, that's that could help uh, if he can get back to form, but I think it's going to take more than a few weeks. Few It might take months before he's really back at full speed in, in games, but I think he's going to be with connecting to start the year. Um, I'm not sure if we, let me see what our lines say. Yeah, they have the same. So uh, let's just get to it. And I said Konechny, I think twice, uh, Katerier and Konechny with Joel Therabee. I love that line. And I think that's another reason why Konechny is just so valuable because this is two very good setup guys. Um, Therabee is is definitely more um, of a setup guy. And I'm excited to see what they can't do um, as a full unit all season long. Uh, Therabee, uh, almost 40 points last year, is 22-year-old. He's not, he's no slouch. Like this is a decent first line. And I think that's what people are kind of hemming to as far as like, maybe this team is better than you think, but I think the rest of it's kind of where it falls off. Um, You know, Owen Tippett and Frost and Atkinson are fine. And then it's kind of a lot of question marks. Like is Tyson Forrester for real? You know, um, Noah Cates, the rest, it's pretty much fourth line grinders, hitters. Um, Delorier is going to fight people. I get it. It's the Flyers. Cool. Um, Defense, Sandheim maybe took a bit of a step back after his contract and the rest is pretty bad. I like Cam York. He's there. He's gifted offensively, but it's not enough. And if Carter Hart isn't fantastic, they already sent down Cal Peterson. So I guess, you know, it's not even, he's probably not even going to be there. It's going to be Arison, but not enough in net to even make me feel good. Like I think Carter Hart's draftable because he's going to see a lot of starts, but yeah, this team just, is not a complete team that could compete in the Eastern Conference yet. 
I love Mikoff, Mitch Goff. <laughs> I just combined his first last name, Mitch Goff. I think they're building um, a prospect pool for the future that's going to have you know more skilled players to come in. It's not there yet. This is a you know 70 to 80 point team that has a couple of weapons that if they use correctly could be valuable in fantasy. And if they're really probably thinking ahead, they could be trade targets and get a very big haul at the trade deadline, which I think could happen. Um, so with all that being said, I'm looking for connecting overs. I haven't found them. I only see Carter Hart over on wins or under on wins. I'm just not betting it. Um, this Flyers team is also very boring, and there's just nothing to even bet that's on the sports book. So if you find anything for connecting, that's what I'd go with and draft him a little bit earlier than maybe others because I think he is actually very valuable. And this first line is going to be just fine. So with all that being said, thank you for watching, and I'll be back with more videos. We have like eight or nine left, I think, and they're coming to you before the season starts. So thank you. Hello and welcome back to PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins last season for the first time in what feels like forever missed the playoffs. They were not going on to the postseason. Crosby played a full season. Um, you know, Malkin played a full season. These guys are getting a little long in the tooth. They did miss some games from defensemen. They were not the best in their own zone at all. And goaltending was well. You know, I would say league average or worse. Um, Tristan Jari was below a 910 and a 909. So, yeah, league average or worse. Um, it's a new look team. They obviously added Eric Carlson, the talk of the town. But what can we expect from this team next season? Coming off again, a playoffless 91 point season. Well, we have them at 84. So, Eventually, someone was going to have to be the odd man out. Uh, this model is not going to say every single team is going to be, you know, unbelievable in the Metro. And I think it's more of a, you know, if the Metro is this loaded and we're higher on the Islanders and a couple other teams, someone's going to have to take the brunt of that. Um, I don't entirely disagree or agree. I think that 84 is a tad low, but man, it, you can see where this could happen. Um, I'm again, I'm a little bit higher than this 84 mark myself, but is this a slam dunk playoff team? I don't think by any stretch, I don't want to harp too long on this because again, I think we need to kind of go over the reasons why and go over what's important here. Um, some people might look at this and just say, I don't buy it. I don't believe you. It's wrong. The model's stupid and math is a liar and that's fine. So why don't we get into what the math is kind of saying and what the books are saying. So to make the playoffs on the books are minus two Oh, five, which kind of feels excessive to me. Um, I guess I get it. Adding Eric Carlson should help, but man, minus two Oh five, like just seems nuts to me regardless. Um, it's our favorite under bet so far. I do believe uh, under, uh, being 82% likely the division we have them. I mean, again, of course, none of these are even close to what we have because of all these things, but the books have them at, you know, 97 and a half. And I get it. It feels really, really hard to bet against the Penguins. And I'm not going to place a bet on this. Just again, I don't really want to. Like, I just don't really think I need to. Like, I get the model saying it. And I understand that I'm sure Jay will be betting this himself. But I'm going to full disclosure. I just don't really want to lock up my money all season on one thing. When if I'm low on the Penguins, I can just bet on that pretty consistently at the beginning of the season um, and kind of just 
use that to my advantage as the books are much higher on them to start the season and maybe just make more money um, than one single bet would do. So I am a little bit lower than this for sure. So I'm just going to use that, you know, that part of it. Like, I don't think 98 points is a lot. And I just don't know if they're going to meet that mark. It seems like the books are really high on a lot of teams and just not everyone can get there. Um, I think the books are, they know that most people will only bet on the overs for their teams and not as many people will look to source the unders that are in play for teams they don't care about. So I think they're just inherently higher on most of them to uh, kind of be a bit predatory. Um, so looking at the player point projections, and we just really just not a ton of offerings for uh, Penguins players. Sidney Crosby on underdog is at 90 and a half. I'm sure it's the same on the sports books. And that does feel pretty like exactly on the nose. Um, I just find myself struggling to really want to bet on any of these players. Gensel's going to start the season, but potentially he should be in, but like probably is not a thousand percent. Um, and then after that, it's sort of like, okay, so you have Crosby, Malkin, Carlson, Gensel, who's taking that last power play role. Well, as of now, it kind of feels like it's going to be Latang and Raquel. Um, and Latang is leaning over. All that ambiguity just makes me uncomfortable. I'm just not really interested in this team. I think I'm just more interested in betting on, um, like I like betting on Gensel and Best Buck, and I have a good exposure. And I like betting on Raquel because of the old, like the totality of its rates in all categories. But I'm pretty just low on this Penguins team myself, and the model kind of helped solidify that maybe that you know there's not a lot here. I'm not that interested in betting on it. Um, and if I'm wrong on the Penguins and they're good, well, that's great for them. As we pull up the roster. I think what's really telling is just how many players kind of feel like uh, has it just like unwanted pieces from other teams. <laughs> um, you know, Vinny Hinnestroza just couldn't quite find a role in Buffalo any longer. Um, you know, just he's he's a fine player. Uh, Drew O'Connor couldn't really find his role. You know, fine player. Lars Eller, like he's a fine player. But that it's like all these guys are just like not that valuable. And if they have injuries that come up. And as right here, we're showing without Genzel because they just haven't had him in practice yet. You just see like, it's pretty thin all around. And they are just one or two problems away from really just not having it. Um, not rebuild time. It's definitely still go for it. And that's why you go out and get, you know, Eric Carlson, Ryan Graves and Latang. Um, I think that's a much better pairing. Um, Barring, of course, and hopefully Latang is healthy all season. He's had some very uh, terrible health issues and, and just some wild stuff for a guy that seemingly is in some of the best shape in hockey. Um, so hopefully all's well there. But I do have concerns with this team. And I think that all these concerns for me just lead me to say I'm out. I'm betting on them because I don't want to overexpose myself to uh, you know, the the negative as as the model is kind of indicating. Uh, just because I still believe Crosby's one of the best players in the league. And I think that Brian Russ season last year might've been a bit of a, you know, a fluke of a bad year and it could get back on track. You just never know. Um, but I have really no belief in this team exceeding the expectations. And they're, I think they're quite lofty from the sports books. So I'm going to fully fade this team and not really offer any bet that I'm incredibly strong on. Um, I think, that if this team is even close to what the sports books thinks that Tristan Jari is a smash, um, especially in best ball space. I still, even with all of this being said, don't entirely hate over 28 and a half wins because I do think he's going to see a lot of starts, but again, 
I'm not going to put it in anything myself. It just doesn't seem necessary to me. So with all that being said, sorry for taking a really fun team that I'm sure there's a lot of fans of and saying I'm not that interested. Um, but I do think that of all of this, the main takeaway, and I'm just going to kind of put it in one more different different way, I've already said it in a few, is that these top players are going to see an exorbitant amount of very useful minutes, and they're still very fantasy relevant. Betting on them all season long is just not something I'm interested in. So still drafting Malkin, still drafting Crosby, Russ, Raquel, Eric Carlson, and Latang, And of course, I'm still taking Gensel, even though he may or may not start the season in the lineup. So thank you for listening, and I will be back. Um, I don't know who. Hello, and welcome back to PuckLuck.com betting and fantasy team previews for the San Jose Sharks. This will probably be the quickest video. There's very, very little to even bet on in the market as far as players are concerned. There's a lot of players that uh, many non-casuals or you know, even if you're kind of decently into hockey, you may have never even heard of that are on the roster. Um, so I think we're just going to kind of whip through the Sharks. Um, also, the jersey with the green. I love this reverse retro. Doesn't want to work uh, with my green screen behind me. Uh, so it's just going to be one of those videos. I'm just going to pump through it, go over the Sharks, give you the couple little notes I have on this team, and we're just going to kind of move on to the next one. So first and foremost, let's pull it up right here. The San Jose Sharks, we have projected at 57 points which would be three more than last year as they had 60. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's about right. Uh, last year, they missed their point total. at They had 76 and a half for the projection. Uh, the sports books were offering, at least that's what I'm seeing here. So they dramatically underperformed last year. I think they very likely got worse as the jersey I'm wearing, Eric Carlson, is no longer with the San Jose Sharks. He's over in Pittsburgh, as I talked about on that show. Um, and, and they really just... Uh, they're just not a very good team. <laughs> There's not that, that, no other way to put it. Um, so to pull over to the uh, sportsbook odds, yeah, nothing really here to bet. Uh, the under is the favorite. I'm fine with that. You know, under 66 and a half. I get it. You want to lock up your money for a full season betting under 66 and a half. It seems really boring. I like it enough that that I, I will at least say it's probably my favorite bet. Um, but on the other hand, if you are Either A, you're a little bit iffier on that and you say, yeah, I don't know if they're quite that bad. Like, you know, they have some goal scorers, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you're going to like even consider the Sharks being better than 66 and a half, even if they don't get to that 66 and a half, I think it's likely enough that Capo Kakinen gets over 15 and a half wins that you can feel fine there. Like if he gets 16 regulation wins, they still are really not maybe going to sniff that 67 point mark. Like you could talk yourself into just how bad Mackenzie Blackwood could be and that they kind of have to start Capo Kakinen as much as possible. And if they get to like 64 points and that under hits, you could think he could still get 16 regulation wins or more. I'm not going to bet it myself. I just think like the bear case on the sharks is that, they, you know, they get up to near 70 points and that would mean that Kakinen has to be just really, really good. So I'm not going to bet it. I think most people, I, I'm sure it's not being touched, but if you are like a Sharks believer for whatever reason, which I doubt anyone is, it's an option. 
there's no players to really bet on. I couldn't find, and I really don't know what I would bet on. Like maybe if they had Duclair at like over under 18 goals or something, I'd consider that. Like he should be top line, top power play, has a really good shot. I think he's a gifted player. So I'm fine with that. And you can even talk yourself into if it goes really well and they trade him and he goes to a good team that puts him in the top six because that's what they need at the time. Sure. I mean, there's other ways I could get home, but I have no idea where that would be. Um, but I, I do like him just enough. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are currently the cheapest team to get in best puck. Sometimes not a single shark gets drafted in best puck. And I'm certain that at this point, I have never seen one of their defensemen get drafted. None of them are even listed here. None of them are even on the top power play right now. It's a weird team. And you see guys like Duclair and Hoffman and LeBanc, and they do have goal scorers here. But I don't think that's enough to justify much other than there could be a couple guys that could have been better draft picks than a couple other guys in best puck. And maybe in your deeper fantasy leagues, you could look into the Barabanovs of the world, uh, Hoffman's, Zet, I don't know about Sutherland. He just doesn't seem to be getting the run there that uh, we thought he might. So probably, you know, your Barabanovs and Hoffman's, like I'm saying, could be like in your deeper leagues. Going over the lineup, um, like I said, I like Duclair. He's playing with Hurdle and Barabanov, and that's really the best spot you could possibly be in. Um, Hurdle has shifted a bit more away from being an elite or even pretty solid rate shooter. He's fine enough, um, and Barabanov is much less of a rate shooter. So I think Duclair in DFS all season long could be a decent punt until maybe he gets priced out of consideration. I'd keep an eye on it early. Think he's definitely usable in best puck. He's one of my higher drafted total players because I think he'll see an exorbitant amount of top usage. Um, and he's right now kind of fitting into a you know a role on the power play of a shooter. So that's probably the best note I have on the entire team. I'm excited to see guys like William Ucklin. I'm hoping that Shakir Mahakamadulin makes the lineup. Uh, but this defense is is brutal. So Mahakamadulin making it would be probably expected to me, honestly. Um, yeah, some guys here that I just really don't know much about, um, Znaikov, uh, I don't want to say his name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's something of that nature. Uh, yeah, I barely had heard of this guy. I, he's on the top pairing with Ferraro. Like I think Ferraro can play, but sheesh, that's just kind of like two guys that I think combined for a career of like 80 or a hundred, a few hundred games with like, I gotta be like less than 10 goals. It's just brutal. So not much on the back end at none of these guys, maybe John Ruda, like maybe Matt Benning, and like that stretching it produced much of any offense. So it's just not going to be uh, a lot going from there. It's going to be a bad year for San Jose. So I'm going to close it here. be my shortest one yet, but I do believe in Anthony Duclair. That'll be the, the tagline. And I will be drafting him in best puck continuously. Uh, he's a really, really good addition in the last rounds as a guy that could spike because of how much usage he'll have. When the spike week comes, it could be a usable week when you're 16th round. But that's all for here, and I will be back. Uh, Blues or, oh my God, skip a good team. It's not the Blues. You know what I mean. It's the next team alphabetically. Uh, back with that one.